Welcome to the Real Talk with Real Fit Pros podcast, where fitness professionals learn to get what they're worth. With over 30 years of combined experience in the fitness industry, Jonathan Loudermilk and Mark the Fitness Ninja Zolmanoff share their expertise in helping fit pros work smarter, earn more, and design a business that they love. Learn about effective social media strategies, organic marketing, client acquisition and retention, and whatever other shenanigans John and Mark bring to the table. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode of Real Talk with Real Fit Pros. Welcome to another episode of Real Talk with Real Fit Pros. It's your boy, Jonathan Loudermilk. And as always, I've got my partner in crime, my PIC, Mark, the fitness ninja, sound it off. But before we get into the show, I need you to do something for me. Hit the like, hit the subscribe, come in and leave us a five-star review. Shoot, take a little snapshot, share it on Instagram, tag us on at the Fit Pro Bros, which man, I still can't believe we got that name. Like every time I say it, I'm like, I can't believe we got it. But you know, share this out there so that we can help more Fit Pros just like you go out there and get what they're worth. So with that being said, what's up, Mark? How are you, buddy? What's happening, man? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It's May. People are taking their mask off. Woo! I saw a bunch of faces at the Walmarts yesterday. Man, it's great. I love it. I love it. And uh, I hope I hope more of you are seeing more actual faces out in public. Right. Uh, today we have a very very special guest with us. Um, so this is a fellow Fit Pro, and we connected with him probably about a year ago, maybe a little bit longer than that. Um, this dude has impeccable hair. So when you see, when we post this, you got to make sure to go check out his profile <laughs> pic. He's, a, he's, combing his, he's combing his fingers through his hair right now on our, on our video feed. Um, he, he's been doing this almost as long as I have. He's been coaching for a very long time. He owns a gym up in Rochester, New York. It's in the basement of a Masonic temple, which is really cool. <laughs> we were just talking before we went on air he has, no, <laughs> he has no windows but he painted it so it looks nice and bright in there so it's very welcoming and uh people forget that they're in a depressing part of the country um, ah! <laughs> this dude i'll tell you what the the biggest thing i admire about this guy is this is a true family man in the sense of when you think about somebody who is loyally devoted to their family and their children there's there's no one that that encompasses that more than this guy here. It's one of the things I admire most about him. It's one of the things that really made me connect with him and, and continue to build a friendship that we have. Um, so I present to you, ladies and gentlemen, Justin Arnold. Woo! Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, so I'm Justin Arnold. Uh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> Rochester, New York. Yeah, it's uh, sunny today, so I'm outside. If you can't, if you're not watching and it's, yeah, it's 77 here, which it hasn't been this way in a year. So thanks for having me on guys. I appreciate it. Uh, it's been a fun year. And, uh, you want to hear a funny story I hear. Absolutely. We start with story. <laughs> so, time. So what you got? Story. Yeah. So before we got on here, they asked me to tell a funny story. Let's see. So funny fitness story. The first two things that come to mind is the amount of farts that I've heard. So I was going to go with that. But then one clicked in my mind, and what's funnier than a fart, and especially a female farting, you know, because I believed up until a certain age that women just didn't fart, nor did they poo. But I guess they do. But <laughs> we're going to go on another track here. So I got – this was years ago. I got this client, and and uh, healthy, young uh, – let's see, I'm married, but I'm going to say attractive. Uh, <laughs> and And – so anyways, we're, we're doing some movements and we're working the core and we're doing hanging leg raises. Like everybody knows what hanging leg raises are. And all of a sudden in the middle, she had developed enough strength. I get her up on the, uh, the pull-up bar, bringing the knees up. And all of a sudden she makes this really weird face, freaks out, like freaks out. Like, like as if, I, I don't know, like she burned her hand or something on the bar. Like it was one of these like faces, like, Oh my God, is she hurt? Like something wrong? Like I was like freaking out. Like, and this is when I just started my business too. Like, so I just got my new space and I'm like, Oh shoot, here we go. Like lawsuit. I don't know. My mind is already <laughs> running. And so 
And and then she gets out. It's like we can't do that move. And I'm like, what's going on? Like no one's ever told me that. Like no one's ever told. I didn't say this out loud, but I was like, no one's ever told me that. I they, like I already know at this point. I've been doing this long enough. I can tell progressions where the people can do it. So just follow me here. So anyways, I just like I gotta know. Like I was like, why can't we do this? Like I'm worried. Did I did this? Are you okay? Like I'm really worried that like she got injured or hurt. Like hang leg raise. What did she do? Like pull it? I'm thinking like back, scapula, shoulder, rotator cuff. She didn't tell me about. Anyways, long story short, she, I just can't do that move. And I was like, well, I got to know sort of future reference. You know, I'm always trying to better client, you know, trying to tell her why, like, I need to know. Finally, she's like, you promise you can't say anything. I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's just you and me. Besides this podcast, it's just you and me. <laughs> like, I won't tell anybody. Uh, she's like, you can't say anything, not even to your wife. And I was like, okay, well, what's the deal? I can't do that move because it causes me to orgasm. <laughs> what? I have questions. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, who's the lucky man? No, uh, <laughs> oh, I got a question. What like, is it? How do I get my wife to do it? <laughs> yeah, so hanging leg raises apparently the way her legs are together, we, you know, straight together. So certain core moves, like, we could not do where her legs were in certain, and even certain movements where her legs were in certain positions because it would just cause enough, like, in that vicinity, in that area of friction, we'll call it what you will, that it would literally excite her, and she forgot all about it. She didn't even, know, like, I guess she, she forgot that that did that because it had been years since she had worked out and somebody had to do that move, and so there were certain things, and I just said, from now on, if there's anything that we do, just tell me I can't do that move. I'll know exactly what you mean, and we'll just move on. <laughs> so uh, that's that story, and yeah. So, Justin, uh, I'm I, not going to call you M. Night Shyamalan because that was a hell of a twist you just gave right there. I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. <laughs> we were going to go with a fart joke, and I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I got fart jokes, and then you just took it left field. So that, that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah gonna, yeah. Like I she didn't... shat herself or something. <laughs> yeah, I was like, dude, she's going to shit herself. You're like, oh, wait, there's more. <laughs> so. Yes, that go. is um, that's phenomenal. And for all you guys out there that have a, a female spouse, I highly recommend you trying some hanging leg raises in the gym yeah. with them next time. You never know. You yeah. never know. Yeah, maybe combine. Yeah, maybe there's uh, and then get really fit. And you guys can do that together. Dude, you should. Oh, I, you should charge her more. <laughs> <laughs> no, it all worked out. We got to her goal. She was a great client, and it was just always a good little. Wow. So uh, <laughs> I, I gotta say one more. <laughs> she goes home, her husband's like, Why are you smiling? Like, it was a good training session today. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, Justin's getting a call, you know. <laughs> like why right. do you keep going to this guy and giving him money? And I've seen him three or four times a week. You know, yeah, you want to up my frequency? Yeah. Anything, <laughs> like as you know, on a it, it, the <laughs> these things that like that these things develop relationships mark knows if you know it's like it's like these weird random things like well now we're like super we just we just super opened up about everything yeah we're we're, we're, we're best friends now <laughs> we're in the circle of trust yeah, exactly so uh, that's so great so so justin yeah. um let's kick this off tell a little bit about your your current business, like what you do, where you do it, and and how you kind of came to be. You know, again, like I said, you've been doing this for a really long time. There's very few fitness professionals that we know that have been in the game as long as you have. So yeah. let's, let's kind of dive into that a little bit and discuss, you know, what you think has really allowed you to have this type of longevity. Man, uh, I, so yeah, I've been doing this a long time off and on like part time did some stuff like so i'm from chicago illinois the suburbs of south side similar to mark over here and and i've always been just in a movement i grew up you know school year in the city summers on my grandma's farm so i was like flipping tires before it was cool so i was really getting movement i played sports like soccer and all that i uh, went off to college explored it did it got minors in like theater movement did did you know exercise science i crock climb I mean, I, as you know me, if you guys follow my channel, I'm just, you'll see me climbing, doing kettlebell swings, crawling on the ground, you name it, this movement. So I've been doing it off and on like part time. And, and, you know, this could be a really long story. So, so I did it in Kentucky, then I moved back home to all my parents out who were going through uh, cancer. 
And then I did some dabble at the Y, but that's where I met my wife in TV. And then I did some stuff at uh, YMCA in Iowa where we moved. But now here I am in Rochester, New York. And that was kind of like, my wife's like, man, you, I was working like this and like several other jobs. And part of the reason was I was always hearing these voices in the back of my head uh, from friends of mine. You, you'll never get a career. There's no way you can make a long-term career in this industry. There's no longevity. And that's what I was seeing. I was seeing like two, three people burn out, people I hate programming, I hate this. And it was just interesting to me because like I just loved it all. And I loved really the one-on-ones. You know, I love the connection with human beings. And my wife one day, I think it was like 2012, maybe she was like, how about this? My wife is super awesome. And I'll probably talk about it a lot, but she's like, you quit all that other crap. You just go all in on this, you know, fitness, health, training, nutrition, whatever. And I, if I got to support us for a little while, I, more than anything, I will do that. But you just go all in and I'm like, wow, it's super to have a partner that has that much belief in you more than you have in yourself at the time. And it was just really cool. So I did. And then as soon as I made that decision, and this was like just the catapult, it was like, make a decision, like make decisions and then just ride the wave. You know, so as soon as I made a decision, it's been nonstop ever since. So, you know, yeah, I've been doing this for like 15 plus years off and on, like I kind of said, maybe longer at this point. But yeah, basically 2012 was where, you know, I was at the Y and quickly from that moment when I made that decision, I quickly became lead lead trainer, transferred over to the main branch. There's like 11 branches. I don't know now. I think they closed like three during COVID, but at the time there was like 11 branches and became lead trainer at the main branch. And then, and then they were working on like a, a district wide trainer role, like to, for me to be on this and turn it into a salary because of the why is being a nonprofit. It's, it's more of like an hourly. I was approved overtime. I had some cool positions. I was running groups, training, running some programs like pathways of public safety and doing all these different things. And as you know, working for an entity like that, you get paid crap, but you do it because you love it. Right. And so, <laughs> It came to a point like in towards the end of 2015. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, like about summer. So my daughter, my youngest daughter, was born in um, November, uh, November 6, uh, 2015. A couple months prior to that, they were trying to figure out how this is all going to work. And then all of a sudden it came, they decided not to go that route and they wanted me to apply for an administrative role where I'd be in an office most of the time. And that just wasn't where I was looking at the time. Now I didn't apply for it. And then I, uh, right a week before I was going to leave on, like right before my daughter was uh, going to be born and I was going to be like, a, I took a week off. They said, Hey, change of plans. If you don't take this role, uh, you got to cut your hours down to 35 hours a week. We just don't have anything else right now. And I was working about 50, 60 hours at a time. And I started feeling some pressure early on, like months prior, they started making some changes. I started feeling like the walls and the ceilings. It wasn't just this. This was just kind of the final straw that broke Justin's camel back or whatever you want to call it. So it was like, they like cut down to 30 from like 60. And, uh, and that, that was it. Like, or take this administrative role. And I was like, neither of those sound pleasing to me. I was like, okay, well, I'll just get rid of some of the groups and some of these programs. They're like, no, we want you to get rid of some of your clients. I was like, you go tell them that because I'm not having that conversation. <laughs> you want me to decrease my success? Like, here's what I heard. So in my head, I heard, you're too successful in personal training. I know this is when they said, maybe this is what they think, but this is, at the time, this is what I thought. Was like, you're too successful. You got to slow that roll down. Cut that back because we don't know how to pay you and we don't want to give you benefits. This is what I heard. And yeah, it might sound like I'm bashing the why at the time, but yeah, that's how I felt. I'm telling you how I felt at the time. And I was like, well, I just kind of went on paternity leave. I had no idea. I didn't have the balls to really tell my clients, I can't train you because all I could think of was like, I can't train you because they don't want to pay me. Like, that's all I could think <laughs> to say. So I went, I went to paternity leave. I came back after having this beautiful, gorgeous daughter. And, you know, I'm a, an invested family man. I didn't get paid paternity leave. I'm working for a nonprofit part time. So I just took the week off. I'm paid. And then I get back and they basically suspended me for a week, took like everything away from me other than my clients. Um, and there were some other things I don't remember. And I was just like, I went home, obviously emotional crying. This is a story here for you. Uh, I had a sledgehammer and a tire in my backyard. I went to that thing about 200 times. <laughs> my shoulders were brutal the next day, but just in frustration, you know, just in fury. And 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 my wife and I got together. She's like, again, my wife coming through, like, you should start a business. <laughs> You're freaking crazy. What? I don't know anything <laughs> about this. <laughs> like what? Because I, I had always just seen my parents work six jobs. You know, I never, I didn't 
this whole entrepreneur is so far from me. So, and then here we are now today, 2021, still in business and just keep growing every year. And fast forward, things are going well. And, uh, you know, we have a training facility. We actually uh, made it through and even excel during COVID. And, you know, now we're all things, you know, we've got, we've got training. I've got a trainer there. We've got small group we're doing online. Yeah. We've got the nutrition elements. I, you know, I'm, I'm wrapping up publishing this book. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's just been a cool adventure. You asked something there at the end that I completely forgot. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of like where I'm at life. Life is really good. So, uh, Again, when I said like make a decision and, and, and then and if anything, I've learned that like, you know, set standards in your life that really matter. Like for me, it's family time, it's kids, it's these things. And then it was able to like all this other thing starts to have the successes on it. I know you guys can relate to that, too. So, well, so that's kind of a gist. Does that, that answer that question? What's really cool about that story. There's a lot of things cool about that story, by the way, but. Something that really stood out to me, and um, this is you actually never shared that with me before um, about the why and, and that experience. Because I never, I never, we get together, I never shut up. So, <laughs> <laughs> this is true. You do talk a lot, but you never talked about that before. And I, I'd like to dive into a little bit more into that, man, because I think a lot of times bad stuff happens to us and we've got one or two mindsets about it. Poor me, or I'm going to use this as an opportunity as a stepping stone in a better path. And ultimately it's led you to where you're at. So it's almost like we should thank the why for doing that. Cause you wouldn't be. No. So you, you, that's a very great thing. And, and I do like, I think everything, like even I talk about this in my book, like about just challenges in our life and to be grateful for them. Maybe not out in the moment. I mean, it, it helps to be honest, to have a great support system, yeah. but I know not everybody has that. It's great to have my wife next to me. But like one thing I've learned, if you go all the way back to age five and six, kind of where my book starts, like been through my life. It, and I didn't realize this till like the latter year, like the last few years of like, I've always had like something in front of me and I've always figured out a way to navigate through or around or above or whatever. And like, so that's the thing. It just took till again, my late 30s they kind of realize that like these challenges and and these difficulties like the why it's like these things are put in front of us for a reason and like i'm a man of i believe in a higher power like so my faith gets me through but like to believe that this is just going to make me stronger for this on on planet earth and then eventually god's kingdom but it's like you know yeah like that if that didn't happen i wouldn't be where i am like if some of these things didn't happen i wouldn't have a book If, if some of this stuff like if COVID didn't happen, I wouldn't have like navigated some cool things that I wasn't doing. Like I'm doing virtual and online and some of these things. I was per- strictly in person. I, if, if, if a lot of these things weren't taking place and these, so it's like, it's like it's painted now on my gym wall, but it doesn't challenge you. It doesn't change you. And I also have another one says, do not pray for an easy life pray for the strength to endure a difficult one. So it's like, like that's, that's because those the kind of that idea has kind of become my motto. It's like, let's admit it. Like when crappy things like that happen, it sucks. And then we go hit a sledgehammer, but the sledgehammer helped me kind of, that was my meditation in the moment. And some people breathe, hit stuff. So <laughs> I breathe too, but like that at the time. And then that got me to like think more clearly and start to figure out and navigate through the murky waters of running a business. And, and again, I got to give credit to like a support system. And that's exactly where you guys are like, not to sell you guys, but like these guys, that's what they've been for me too. These two right here that are interviewing me. Like it's, it's great to have that accountability and support system, whether it's a significant other or good people like Mark and Jonathan. So. Yeah. And I think that's something that, you know, when you're, when you're not fortunate enough to have it in your life, like your wife, who apparently we should have been interviewing her instead of you. Um, but, <laughs> but, <hotter> but, too. <laughs> but, you know, you have to seek those things out. And I think a lot of us, especially, you know, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, self-employed people, when you're running your own show, it's easy to just feel like you're on an Island. And at some point you kind of come to that realization that you need some type of support system. You need people around you, not just to support you, but to hold you accountable to, you know, to have a a place to voice your frustrations. If you need to voice them, you know, Justin, you and I just talked last week about, you know, you called me, you're like, Hey, you know, got a little issue going on. And we we talked and you really just wanted to talk. And and sometimes that's all we need as well is just to be able to, to have a place to get it out 
and then and then release it. So you know, yeah, I, 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 I mean, love the I, I love that lesson in there. Yeah, I agree. Like, like sometimes it's just good to talk, and it's like you know, with that, like no matter how far you get as an entrepreneur, like or where you're at, like for example, like when I first started a business, then I started having all these ideas, writing, dreaming. Like, of course, you want these big dreams. It doesn't mean that these don't happen, but it's again, I'll say in God's plan, whether you believe it or not, it's things don't always have nothing happens the way you want. So you got to learn to navigate through and through those challenges you grow and then you kind of pivot and you move and then it's good to have uh, opinion or voice your your thoughts with somebody and then like no matter how far you get like one of, like one of my first chapters in my book is the devil doing push-ups in the parking lot because that's life man like no matter how far you get one thing i've noticed about the devil call it what you will like the, the shit storms in your life they get more creative and more like like the devil <laughs> isn't just doing push-ups he starts coming behind a tree when you're not looking it starts doing like tuck jump burpees like so it's like it's just <laughs> <laughs> like like there's there's just it just gets it's it, it's it's it may not challenge you in the old ways but you grow from all these different challenges you know it's just like progressions in the gym you know one day you might only be able to do a do a bodyweight squat but then next thing you know you're your front squat in 405 you know with a pause at the bottom and then you do a tuck jump afterward or something you know so it's, it's the same idea you know, but it, you can't go from this to that. I love it. Um, we'll, we'll get into your book in a second, but I wanted to touch on something you said um, that I think is, is really critical and, and shows who you are. You talked about excelling through COVID. Now, our industry was probably one of the hardest hit, you know, along with restaurants. Of uh, You know, a lot of us couldn't have our gyms open. A lot of us had to completely shift the business model as to what we were offering and continuing to serve our clients. So what would you contribute your success and why you said you excelled through COVID? What were you doing differently then that you weren't doing before that allowed you to, to maneuver it so well? So two things that I'm going to touch on. So he said, you said Excel and you said success. So when I say those two, everyone probably automatically thinks monetary. And I'm talking about that, of course, but I'm talking about so many things. Like I look at this as an, well, once I got through the tears those first couple of days and then I, the John and I had our little powwow and then Mark, and <laughs> anyway, so once we got through all that, like the emotional part of it, like, okay, how are we going to do this? Ah! It was like, man, this is a real opportunity to excel and to become successful even more. And so, yeah, monetary for sure. So from the business perspective, let's go through it. We just figured out other ways to meet people where they are. And that's always been my business. Like I meet, that's always been my motto in my gym. And it originally was like, I'll meet you where you're at to get you where you're going. And we're going to use things that you like, but also things that you need. So not only from a training and nutrition standpoint with all that I just said there, but also from a legit meet you where you're at. Okay. You're at home and you're not, we can't go anywhere for legality reasons. And also this COVID was very real when it first started, people were dying. So let's be real. So we want to keep everyone safe. We love our members. We love our clients. So that's virtually, maybe it was Zoom calls. Maybe it was just shifting some program, getting on a half an hour call. These things I wasn't really doing. Maybe eventually once it got a little warmer and people were comfortable doing that six feet apart outdoors. So it was just figuring out a way to meet people where they were. And it wasn't even thinking about the money. It was literally like, let's just find a way to help some folks. And so that was the business and we just did it. And then I excelled through nutrition, got another nutrition certification so I could better help and serve my clients. But from other, so with my faith, I really dove in reading the Bible in the morning and night. So that's another area of success. So like faith is super important to me. And to give you guys a background, he's like, who's this Jesus thumper? Like I used to like not believe, <laughs> I went from like hating Jesus and God, not believing. So I don't need to go down that backstory. But just so you're, we're clear on this, for people like, like, oh man, one of these Jesus thumpers grew up in church. And no, I didn't. I grew up Catholic thinking God wasn't a real thing. Like, and, and so let's be clear on this. Like, this is something I decided I chose on my own is what got me and for anybody out there, I think we should all believe in something bigger than ourselves. And it could be faith in whatever, but like the universe. But when you learn that you have very little control, it's nice to have something when you don't have friends around to back up. And for me, that's a God, that's a Jesus. So, so I grew in that. Uh, we couldn't go to church either. So I really dove in online. I included my kids, dove my kids in more. My daughter, we finally got a cell phone, which was huge. She didn't even want one. She just wanted a camera. But I got her doubt. The only app she really has is like this, what like Minecraft or whatever these kids play. And then the Bible app. And she's really dove into that. So with my kids, is it, so we'll catapult that. Success. Yeah, I already spent a lot of time with my kids. But I'm like, can I spend more? 
it became, and I'm going to give my five-year-old credit for this. She started nagging me about let's go for a walk. And I think it's just like how dogs and kids can always sense something. She could sense some stress. She was like, daddy, go for a walk. Daddy, go for a walk. Daddy, go for a walk. It was that Monday, March 16th. I'll never forget it when like it was the day that we couldn't open because of COVID here in New York. And uh, at first it was like, I'm annoyed. Get away. Like I'm annoyed. I'm trying to figure out like, am I going to survive in business to like, fuck it. I can't control anything. And uh, yeah, people who believe in Jesus cuss sometimes it happens. And say, fuck it, <laughs> let's go for a walk. So like, we, we, I was just like, I can't control anything. Let's just enjoy my life right now. And that was like, it was enlightening. And I left my phone at home and I'll never forget it. I don't even know if it was good weather. I don't even think it was really good weather. We went for a walk and we brought the other kids along with it. And I was like, this was the best feeling ever. Not that we didn't already go for walks, but it was like, it just happened. I'm like, we should do this every day. And then she asked me in the next day, I was like, sure. And so now since March 16th, the other one, I'm into Mexico for a week and we still, we have not missed a day of 45 minutes outdoor and it gets bad weather, rain, snow, da, 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 da. And through all that, it's just been, we've grown our relationship, obviously, which super successful. I become a better father. My kids have grown through the experience of the elements of nature, of life, exploring. Like, that was school for them. But also, like, I noticed it, you know, a few weeks ago. We were walking to a rainstorm. It was, like, 40 degrees outside. Nobody's outside. We get lost in the woods. And not once did my kids get stressed out. And they were in Crocs. Like, <laughs> most kids complain. Were. Most kids are complaining when they can't load their Minecraft up or whatever the hell. And, you know, and I'm like, my kids are in Crocs the middle of a wood and rain <laughs> four degrees in Rochester and having the time of their life. I'm like, either my kids are crazy or like they've learned to navigate through some tough times. And like, it's just, it's like, okay, here's what's in front of us. Let's figure it out. Let's enjoy it while we're here. Let's find joy amongst this literal storm. And, and so like, and also with my wife, like we invested in it. We like couldn't get a babysitter, all these things. And a lot of people fighting next to each other. Not to say we didn't have our fair share. We found ways. We celebrated our 10 year anniversary of all things last year. And I'm like, even though money was tight, I worked with a great jeweler, was able to get a brand new ring. Cause when I first got her first ring, it was nice, but I was broken. We were on food stamps. So like it was a, <laughs> it was a nice ring for that. There's time for an upgrade. My wife totally deserved it with everything she's put up with and everything she's guided me through. And she's just been amazing. So we went to the thousand islands here, got to this like ridiculous rock. That's like bigger than her hand. Not quite, but I'm trying to, it was, it's pretty pretty good ring and and i uh, she didn't know it was coming and i put the kids inside and wegmans is a big grocery store here before we left i picked up some wegmans desserts and these like styrofoam containers <laughs> i bring out of the porch with some like in a plastic glass of champagne it's like what are you doing and then i get on one knee and propose and it's like you know it was just this great it was making the best uh, of the situation last year and and, and so we've done that. Like we found ways to, you know, I could go on and on, you know, with my fitness, I just explored movement. I went on a retreat a couple weeks ago. So like, you know, faith, family, a lot of things I talk about in my book, faith, family. I started writing a book. If you knew me, like I said, this. <laughs> what was that? Like two weeks ago. I was like, if I can write a book, anybody can lose 10 pounds. That gives you an idea. This ADD chatterbox, if he can sit down and write a book, anybody can do anything. Like, because I went from like somebody putting the idea of writing a book to me saying there's no way in hell I can still write a book to here we go about to publish in a few months. So uh, it's pretty exciting stuff. So again, we just, I just worked on bettering myself. And the one thing I never, other than the first few days, I was never, I'm just going to better myself in as many areas as possible, at least 1%. And this is what I encourage everyone else to do. And if you're doing that, you're doing, you're going on the right path. And like, just came. And like everything else and things just got better by taking time to invest, just like the stock market, but this is, has so much better payback and a better return rate to invest in all these things. Like I got, I, I mean, and life, and like, you know, it's almost like you feel guilty. Life's really great. Like when you're talking to people and everyone's like, man, my life sucks. Like, I mean, I'm sure you got <laughs> some of that, but like the people you surround yourself, maybe not the people we surround ourselves with, but sometimes you get it from maybe a client or somebody walking on the street or hell. I remember when I got outside my, like, normally I just go to the gym, Wegmans, home and a couple other places like out in nature but then i went out to the post office like late last year and i got in like outside my zone i'm like oh my god everyone's like the world is burning like when you get around some of that energy so it's like <laughs> you forget and you almost feel guilty like yeah life's really great here i got all this going on so like I, i'm not, not as oversharing as much <laughs> as i used to be but I'm like yeah things are good what would you like to know 
because <laughs> like you know some people are dealing with a lot of stuff right now so but yeah life is good and there's kind of like so there there's success and that's what i want i challenge people to think about success we get told this like story of like monetary and that's great we need it we need money to support our families if we're big on giving we need to give more took my head to wrap around but like success is so much more greater i know you guys believe that and see that and and with this message gets drilled in our head and like and one thing I've learned is the more you invest in all these different areas, one, when you're healthier, your brain's working better. Therefore, you can navigate through a business better. And when you're healthier mentally from a stress standpoint, like because you're hanging out with your wife and kids, it's cool. And you're cultivating those. You're also like, that's a way to, you know, set up a legacy too, you know, and, and, and not just monetarily, but just uh, emotionally relationships that because your kids are watching that kind of stuff. So. So there you go. And that, I mean, I hope I more than answered your question. I, I, that I wanted people to get the idea of like, it wasn't just like the one thing. It wasn't just navigating my business. It was navigating all these areas of my life a little bit better. Woo. That's the most consecutive words spoken on Real Talk with Real Fit Pros. Well, good. <laughs> There's a lot of gold gems in that, you know, it's, um, you know, we talk about business, but, you know, like you said, it's everything. You know, it, it's your gratitude you have with yourself, it's your fitness, it's your relationships. And, you know, it sounds like you took that opportunity to lean into all of those. And funny enough, as one grew, it started to overflow to the other areas. And that's what I took away from it. If y'all want the little the domino effect, and I didn't realize that when it was happening, I was just doing it daily. So yeah. you hear it all the time. It's just doing the daily, just showing up 1% better every day. And like, and then you look back like, holy crap. Well, and, and it was just, you know, it was your, it was your commitment to serve others. Like the, I mean, that's what you said. You're like, just focus on meeting people where they are and serving them. And that didn't mean just your clients that meant your family, that meant your wife, that meant your kids. And, you know, I, I don't, I've never seen anything bad happen from people leading with a servant attitude and with a servant heart. Yeah. I think we sometimes forget though, too, because I used to be this way. We serve just the people that are bringing us money and which is natural. I mean, I did that, but one thing that like really taught me is like, and it's, it's always a daily progress. It's not like it just floats, but I will say I'm more in a flow state, you know? So when like the devil shows up to do those burpee, tuck, jump, backflip, deadlift <laughs> bullshit. Like I'm like, I may stress for a second, but it's like, okay, here we go. Let's roll. <laughs> like I'm a little bit more prepared. And it's also because I have that balance because I, I like, well, I spent time with my kids. So I'm not like thinking, Oh my God, I still got to You know, it's not, you schedule these things that really, if they really, really matter to you, like we schedule our doctor's appointments. We schedule, you know, our workouts. We brush our teeth because it matters so we don't get cavities. But yet it's always like our, our things, like our relationships, like our families, our friends and our kids are always like an afterthought. And it's like, we're not saying it out loud, but oh, when it gets time, or like, it's just going to magically happen. And I used to be that guy. That's why I can speak from there. I saw it. I grew up with it. Like, and I decided, fuck it. I'm going to schedule it. So <laughs> so good. so great thank you for sharing all that man really do appreciate that thanks for allowing me to share it man you guys are uh, awesome so let's, therapeutic. Talk about, let's talk about this book a little bit um you know john and i run in a circle of, of book writers which is just nuts um and so Crazy, I, right? you know, when, when you first told me that you were writing a book i got all excited so whatever you want to share about this the process what prompted you to actually begin to write it in the first place and what you're, you know, I really do want to hear, like, what is your goal with the book? You know, what are you trying to accomplish with it? Okay. Uh, so my goals have evolved. We'll call it evolved, but it started with, so I went on a mission trip January of the latter part of January 19 before COVID was still kind of like hoopla. And I got back in February and this mission trip wasn't, it was, uh, to give a little background, I've been donating to this organization called Go Ministry, specifically to my friend, Justin Hemming, who's a missionary who regularly teaches in places like the DR. And he started this sect of Go Ministries. Go Ministries is huge, Google it, but they started out with like just helping churches. And then they went into this huge sports thing, which is really cool. You guys would be fascinated with that. Like they, they got people going to the pros, but they don't take a dime. It's pretty cool. Uh, they're getting like from the DR where like there's like this whole like corrupt system. And so his is actually trying to develop entrepreneurs in these third world countries like Dominican Republic where it's not even a thought. You know, we are what we tell ourselves, but if it's not even a thought, then how do you know to become an entrepreneur? So he started doing it and he recruited me to come down there and teach. 
And I was like, let me figure it out and let me ask why. But anyway, so I went down the DR, taught for a week. And when you're flying on these planes and you're with a guy all week, and by the way, it was work. I didn't like lay on the beach or anything. I lived literally in a ghetto where I was in an apartment with bars. This isn't life electric. Like, oh, you got to go to the DR. Uh, it wasn't that. I mean, I may have had one alcohol beverage. I ate a lot of good food. I'll say that. But anyways, side note. So we just a lot of good conversations. And I've known this guy. He's one of the few people I still regularly chat with since from high school. And he kind of knew a little bit about my childhood and my story. And I started telling my story and he's like, this is towards the latter part of our trip. And then finally he says, you need to write a book. And I was like, I already had that limiting belief. Even as a successful entrepreneur, I'm like, "Mm, there's no way. Can't sit still. I got EDD telling myself all this story. Nobody wants to hear my shit. Like it's whatever. I'm just venting. Like I'm just venting on an airplane because you got time. Like that's all I'm thinking. Like you're at a double He's like, no, you like you need to, you need to write a book, man. That's extreme. That's serious stuff. And like, you could help some people. And like, and like, here we are in a faith based state. And like, you know what? Maybe this is like a sign from God. So we just started talking back and forth. And I'm kind of like, yeah, maybe. And then the pieces just start. It's weird. If you, and then I was like, and then it started. It went from no to maybe to like, eh, I have to. I just have to. Like, I got to <laughs> stop. I have to. He's right. Like, you know, I started thinking about it, and I started realizing. You know, I talked to my wife, like, well, people might have similar trauma. By the way, the story is about trauma. It's about pain. But there's, as you can see, like how we can navigate through it. And the title of the book is Purpose Through Pain. And so finally turned from, you know, like everything to the point that it was like, I have to write this book. We're just going to figure this stuff out. And then all the pieces started connecting. It's crazy once you have a belief, how like the heavens opened up and like, you know, as long as you're patient and you just believe that it's possible. You know, it may not be according to your plan. It may not be when, what, where, or how, but as long as it is. And then we found this team, found the perfect publishing company, uh, uh, which for me is perfect because, like, my other thing, talking to some people, like, they work with publishing companies, and this is, like, a hybrid. So I make 100% of the royalties. So from an income standpoint, like, it's all – like, I don't have to share it with anybody. But it's also – they gave me a coach. We worked along the pathway. And, and so like for everybody's different, like, so like I had all these people in my head, just like, I'm sure you guys with business, you need to do this. You need to do this. You need this. It gets annoying. Sometimes, sometimes you, you, you take it. And so sometimes like, okay, I can, you know, you're, you're not the expert, especially when it's like family, right? Like, like that, 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 that can't even work for an employee. Like can't, can't even like figure out their own stuff. And here they are telling you how to write a business. But anyways, they're trying to tell me how to write a book and they've never written a book. And I realized, like, I started doing the whole outline, I started doing it, and like, none of this is working. Like, and so getting with a coach really helped. And we work from the outside in. So mine, outside looking in, to some people it may not work. It looks like a scatterbrain nightmare of ADD, where I just started putting a bunch of notes in a Google Drive. So I, I challenge anybody listening, like, go with what feels right. But I feel like everybody has a story to tell. And I say these statistics in my book. I think it's, I don't remember, I'm going to paraphrase, but it's like, 86% of people in America want to write a book. Only 1% of them do something like that. And, and then another, another stat is of the people that actually start writing 97% of them, 97% of them never finish. So I was like, okay, challenge on. Like, I'm on it. Like, and so I put that in my book because I want to motivate people that anything's possible. Whether you have a storyteller, whether you want a book, Oh, you know, it, it's not neither here nor there, but like, I'm telling you this because like, look at everything from an alternative perspective. So yeah, my first perspective was I couldn't, uh, I have to. And then once I decided I have to, boom, things started going. So, and here we are, like, it, it's, it's taking a little bit longer to edit. We just finally picked a book cover, like when I got back from Mexico a couple of weeks ago, which was like a process. And this is all things I'm learning. So just be patient. I'll tell you that you be patient. Um, and, and just do it your way. I would say you can do the self-publishing, whatever works. Uh, but you know, there's plenty of people out there like us that can help you along as well. But as far as the book, yeah, purpose through pain. So, uh, I'm sure many men can relate, but one I found out where a lot of men didn't write about this. So give you a little background. I am a victim call, which, well, I don't like to use that word, but for lack of a better term right now, like, uh, from age five to six, I was abused for about a year and a half by a babysitter. And then it was continued by a relative for a few more years. But that story doesn't like even in there, like the ba- background of the babysitter was he, 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 it's just like the stories you hear, how they begin to just groom you. And then, and, and then you use your imagination. It was done. Uh, 
And, and it was done to me and my brothers. And then he decided to burn our house down while we were still inside. He eventually came out and then he made us look like a hero. And here's the caveat, like, or whatever you call it. My, my mom was a firefighter at the time and was on duty. So like she had to come report to that fire. And like for a few months, uh, again, I was five or six. This information was told to me, but like, like he went away, like he was some hero. So that, that is it. And so we, in, so for years of child molestation by not only somebody, a man I trusted to another man I trusted and, and that created some real demons in hell within myself and trust and issues with men and, and all these different things. And I saw my two brothers go different routes and I saw me ultimately go a route to like, you know, you know, drugs, suicide, all these different things and pain, pain, pain. Uh, until I finally found believing in something bigger, you know, and that's what got me through a lot of these things. So a lot of, I look at this as like a lot of men can relate a lot of, but one thing we're told is like, keep it in the dark. Don't talk about it, man up, suck it up. You know, all these stories that I think are false narratives. And really, I think, you know, are weak. I think strength is being honest with it and realizing just like anything is part of your story. And like we talked earlier, it helped you grow. So you know, how can I be thankful for that? Well, I wouldn't be on the pathway of serving, loving and others because I was guided to like at age 12, I made the decision, you know, all this hell has already happened to me up into this point. I can't control it. I don't care about money. All I care about is helping as many motherfuckers as I can. And that's it. I want to go. I was like, I'd rather have a million people. I said this when I was 12, by the way, not the motherfuckers part, but when I, was, <laughs> I, said, I, said, I said something along the lines of like, I remember because I, I, I wrote it down and I was like, I said these words, I said, I'd rather have a million people at my funeral than a million dollars in my bank account. And this is a 12 year old Justin. And I still believe that kind of statement. Like, like I just want to help and serve. And like my story goes on. I talk about other painful moments, you know, like I've fra like I've torn my rotator cup. I've separated my wrist. I've broken my neck uh, in three different places, twice snowboarding car wrecks. And so like people don't know these things. No one knows their story. And, you know, and no, I don't know like you're all's whole story people are listening i'm sure you guys all have a story and then you got to go write a book and go talk in front of thousands of people and like open up and that's how you're gonna find relief maybe it's just talking in a mirror but one thing is you need to be honest that it happened whatever that is and like you got to never set limits like the reason why i'm able to work with a lot of people with pain because i've been through it physically and mentally and those are like my major clientele like we build some deep relationships at my gym but it's like you know i, I hey i get guys with rotator cuff Issues all the time. Well, I can do some pretty crazy cool stuff that the doctor told me never I could do, like handstand push-ups, freestanding handstands, all these things. But like, if I were to listen to the doctor, I've got clients with back injuries. Well, I've had some hip. I've just look. I've messed up my hip. I've messed up my back. I've done these things. Well, I'm like, I'm still going to deadlift over 400. You know, I'm going to do these things. I'm not to the mark level yet to 500. We'll get there. We'll get there. It's just, it's just that limited. It's like self-limiting beliefs. So. I could talk all day, but I want people to get the idea that like we all deal with stuff. I'm a man who's dealt with some stuff, but it's not a weakness to admit these things. It's actually a strength. And one thing that I've known is by like not only forgiving, by realizing, well, you know, I couldn't control that. Those happened to me. If I live in that world, it still controls me. And I can't be the best 1% better every day, Justin Arnold. If I let my five, six, seven-year-old self control my 40-year-old self. And that's essentially what's happening. And that's what's happening where you think you're keeping it in the darkness, keeping it in the closet by not admitting it, by ignoring it, in fact. And again, it doesn't mean writing a book. It doesn't mean doing all these things. But it just means maybe talking to a mirror, maybe talking to a counselor, maybe finding a best friend, maybe finding a group. I look at it as like AA. Like there's a lot of people who don't go. And then what do they do? They go revert back to drinking, drugs, all these things. But the ones that have success are ones that go to these group meetings and admit their failures so they can move forward to a new and better version of themselves. It's just like anything else. We fail in business probably daily on things and we hit ourselves. But what if we lived in those failures? Like some of these are our own mistakes, but some of the things just happen to us. And it's just like that. I don't want to like water coat like what happened. It was real painful stuff. But I think I see my brother who's six years old and me still live in this world. You guys know that story. And I talk about it a little bit. Like I see uh, my other brother, you know, live in, he's, he's gotten a little bit, but I still see people that have been around me that still, they don't realize like how the, the stuff that happened to them when they're younger still affect them this day. And it controls them because they aren't real about it. So I'm hopeful that this book will just bring life to people. We'll, we'll bring some, some, some tips to people. We'll bring some hope to people and give people, you know, belief and limitless belief that 
anything is possible. It just starts. And so I give some of those tips throughout the book. It's really guided me through living that better ultimate life, but also knowing like the first chapter is the devil doing pushups in the parking lot. He's always <laughs> going to be there. Here's how you navigate through it. So that's kind of a scope of it. You know, I know again, it's not like, Hey, here's my story. My story is worse than your story. I know people that have got worse stories. It's just like, we've all been through some shit, right? Like everybody can yep. maybe worse shit, maybe not as worse shit, but we sometimes let it affect us and pull us down. And sometimes our brain goes there and we get depressed and that's okay. I'm not saying don't have feelings and emotions. I'm just saying, be real and be honest that it's a happening and figure out how to navigate in and around and through it and just, you know, bring it to the forefront. And sometimes it takes forgiving people. It always, uh, one thing I'll say this, like I've seen people that still struggle with stuff like mine that have never once forgiven. When I assume forgave those people and actually like had this, it sounds weird, but it actually works. Like literally forgave my younger self and had this conversation with my younger self, dude, it was freeing. And like, obviously then it's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's much more comfortable. And it's like, you know, I don't feel like, like chains or whatever analogy you want to use, like holding me back. I just feel like this free freeness. Cause also like these things hold on to me being a better father, being a better base owner, being a husband, because there's these like, uh, the, these iniquities or these traumas that affect those things because they're all attached to our subconscious. And I could deep down the science. I talk about this in the book, but things that happen before the age of 10, like some traumatic stuff, literally start to rewire our, our neural pathways in our body. So we have to get older, be aware of that, be honest with it, bring it back to the forefront so we can rewire it in a better direction. So that's all those nuggets uh, to give you a little taste of the book. And I hope you guys, Again, it's for everybody. Predominantly, no man really has written a book like this. It's mainly women, but also just for anybody that like just wants to live a limitless lifestyle and like has had stuff happen to them, which I think everybody has, right? <laughs> so, there you go. Well, all I say is I'm sold. I'm buying a copy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see it come to fruition, and I, I know God's got big plans for you with this book, and it and it will it will it will change lives. So uh, I, I can't wait. Thanks, to see guys. It. Um, yeah, and that's the difference of it. I just uh, that's the that's so you asked that last question. What do you hope? I you know first is like I hope it changed one life. You know I hope it changes thousands. Uh, I hope it changes thousands. And yeah, with your help again, a little little personal. I hope it becomes a bestseller. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to want things for yourself. <laughs> All right. So as we begin to wrap this up, I got a couple of fun questions for you. So these are just rapid fire questions. First question, what is your favorite type of cookie? Ooh, being the fact that I'm not really a sweet tooth. Uh, anything with white chocolate. Ooh, there's these ones, I can't remember what they're called, but they're like white, white chocolate crayon raisins. Those are good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Those yeah. are really good. Yeah. Those are good. I like those. All right, second question. If you could be any superhero's enemy... Who would you be? Any superhero's enemy. One second here. That's a good one. That's a really good one. For some reason, I'm not, I can't remember his name. And somebody's probably going to crucify me for this. But the guy that fought Black Panther and ultimately died. Oh, Killmonger. Killmonger. Yeah, because he had a lot of passion and it was just rooted in the wrong area, but I got why he was doing <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I get it. Plus, he was a badass with a cool suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he yeah. was Jack. <laughs> I'm him. <laughs> yeah, Michael B. Michael B. Jordan is a specimen. Yeah, yes. yes Michael B. Jordan. I'm Michael B. Jordan in Black Panther. <laughs> in real and, life. Uh, I love it. I love it. All right. Last question. If you could have a billboard with a message that everyone could see, what message would you put on the billboard? Oh man. Probably what's on my arm right now, man. Let go. Let God. Life sucks. Sometimes you just got to let go. Let God. <laughs> that's, yeah. so that's so perfect. I think we heard that recently. I think somebody else said that. I feel like did they have it? Did they have it tattooed across <laughs> where dragons wrapped around it and like waves around the dragon? No, I think you own the rights then. Yeah, I think we'll have to get a we'll have to get a snapshot of that and post it when we uh, when we share this episode. So, <laughs> so if this doesn't like really, I'm trying to flex. You see that? Uh, no, but this is like, my, my 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 faith, and then like the dragon is like hell, and I've got this all the way to like my chest. And then the waves are like, even through hell, I can find peace, which is 
the ocean waves essentially that's the abridged version of that so it goes along the lines that i've been talking about this whole podcast that's awesome (laughs) so so justin tell tell the audience where they can find you where they can follow you all that good stuff uh what's your cell phone number mark (laughs) i get my number out all the time (laughs) Hi. <laughs> right. Well, you can text these guys. Uh, but yeah, uh, my business is at FlexMP with two X's. So F-L-E-X-X-M-P.com. You got FlexMP.com and you can actually do FlexMP.com slash plan and set up a free appointment with me. And then we've got uh, JustinArnold.com soon. It's in the works. And then at Justin Arnold personal on Facebook and Instagram. So at FlexMP at Justin Arnold and that's with two X's. So there you go. It's pretty simple. We'll have all that in the show notes for sure. Yeah. And then, yeah, if you're in the Rochester area, feel free to stop by. I am downtown on East Main Street. And the old auditorium building on the lower level, you guys call it the basement. I like to fancy it up and call it the lower level. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, that's about it. And right now I'm on my my, uh, patio porch here on the second floor. Dude, you are awesome. Thank you so much for being on here. You know, we came out with you all day. One of these days, we're going to actually do this in person. Yeah, yeah. just see, from, for people that are just listening, I love these guys. Like, these guys are great. We live them in Texas, but I feel like we're BFFs. And if I was in Texas, I would, uh, uh, I know our energy together, I'd be around you guys all the time. These guys are great. In case you didn't know, these guys are great. <laughs> Thank I'll you. Say sir. it again, they're great. <laughs> we appreciate you. We will definitely make that a recurring clip. We'll just have you saying these guys great, are great. great. Yeah. In the head Wait, the let's say it in a different show. tone. These guys are great. <laughs> like a more like, I was like, these guys are great. These guys are amazing. <laughs> like a, little, a little more masculine. There. <laughs> uh, so again, thanks for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Lots of good stuff from Justin. Lots of life nuggets. Lots of things that you can go implement in your own life to make your life better. And uh, John, why don't you hit him with a little little closer here? And as always, be like Justin Darnold and go get what you were, baby. Yeah. Damn good show. Damn good. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We hope you found value and entertainment in our content. Listen, we love helping fit pros get paid what they're worth, and we have something we would love for you to take advantage of. Absolutely. So go to fitprocollective.com forward slash bootcamp to download our free business bootcamp on taking your training business online. This is no BS sales pitch. This is actual strategies that you can implement right now to move your business forward. Finally, again, if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and review. Let us know what you think. Thanks again for listening to Real Talk with Real Fit Pros, where we help fit pros what? Get what they're worth.